0: And here we go, folks. Welcome to Inside Middle Tennessee. You know, I'm looking at this weather and March madness does not refer only to basketball in this state.
1: I mean very true, just, very true.
0: It gets to be I mean, you just uh kind remind of reminds you though Forrest Gump and a box of chocolates. You just don't ever know what you're gonna get with That's this right. weather. So, anyway, we got a light crew this morning at the moment. I think we got Sheila Hickman coming in, I, I hope. Uh, Sarah Elizabeth, uh, unfortunately, is tending to a, 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 a bit of a sickness issue with her daughter and cannot uh, show up. And we, we wish her well. But I'm Jim Ross. I'm kind of the head zookeeper, so mm-hmm. to speak. Got Terry Wilcox running the board and representative hey. Scott's uh, picky good morning everybody mm-hmm. and uh Scott's had all kind of fun this week we've all kind of had all kind of fun this week and it's just uh it's just as they say we live in interesting times uh, that we do you know I'll uh I'll, I'll t- share something with y'all a kind of a unique experience I managed to spend five hours in ER on Sunday
2: uh-oh mm-hmm. oh yeah
0: yeah been on the planet for 67 years and i got to uh encounter and have an episode with my first kidney stone oh oh, okay and a seven millimeter kidney stone at Mm. that is it a new definition of pain uh let's put it this way all the horror stories that you hear about kidney
2: stones are not exaggerated (laughs) so you get a you get kind of a partial representation of what childbirth is like
0: you know it's funny there and, and i think we have a lot of female listening uh in our listening audience who will probably agree with this because i've heard them say it that they will sit here and tell you they'd rather have birth another child than they would have a kidney stone wow i mean sure. uh i will put it this way um I've been on the planet for sixty-seven years, and this is the first time in my life I've ever thrown up because of pain, mm-hmm. ever. Wow, ever. Now everybody's driving now so, and eating their breakfast <laughs> in cars now. It's all
2: right,
0: <laughs> but it, it, I mean it, it is brutal. And my hope, I, I guess, my whole point is too. With a lot of this, and I want to express this, there are people out there who have these chronically and have to deal with these quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And you have my newfound and undying sympathy Mm -hmm. for those that have to deal with all of this because it's not a lot of fun.
1: Probably what uh, Virginia and Arizona's basketball teams are going through right now.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I I think (laughs) they're not exactly, uh, they're Mm. not real happy uh, either. March Madness has started on the Mm -hmm. basketball scene.
1: Number two seed, Arizona goes down. Wow.
0: Yeah, and number three seed, Mm -hmm. Virginia. Mm -hmm. Virginia. Forcing. For. Forcing.
2: So, so we, uh, we can, we can. I got to scroll up for us. We can talk about it as we go if you want. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So, um, like you talked about, there are some upsets. It's March Madness, right? This is mm-hmm. the yesterday and today are the two least productive days of work in the entire country <laughs> because <laughs> everybody's watching basketball. And trust me, we had people trying to sneak out to watch basketball while we were on the house floor <laughs> yesterday. I won't tell who you are, but I, I know who you are. <laughs> um, Alabama the Crimson Tide number one seed took care of business not like they should have mm-hmm. uh, number eight Maryland took care of business so n- nothing there but boy in that next bracket uh, Furman mm-hmm. knocked off the Virginia Cavaliers 68-67 number four seed goes down with the last second NBA three yep. and then mm-hmm. uh, San Diego State held serve. so you've got a San Diego State against Furman is that the new Cinderella kit people we don't know yeah. yet but boy it's it's very interesting uh, and then you had uh, number seven Missouri, another SEC team and uh, the big one you all talked about number fifteen Princeton knocked off number two Arizona wow. I mean and you know what Princeton's done this a lot yeah they Everybody mm-hmm. keeps overlooking them all the time. And boy, they keep. There must be something going on today because yeah, there goes j- the fire truck.
1: Yeah, there goes the fire truck.
2: But uh, uh, Princeton is a great program. Mm-hmm. And every year, their name's up there knocking somebody off all the time. But boy, Arizona. And it was 59 55. So they, they beat them. Yep. They yep. beat them. Uh, and then um, the one that we're all going to be watching here uh, uh, tomorrow is the Duke and Tennessee matchup. Yeah, that'll be good. Number four versus number five matchup. Uh, you know, uh, Duke put Oral Roberts away pretty comfortably. Tennessee had tr- some trouble with Louisiana Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke's got that big that big center boy. He's really good. So they got two good big men. Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for Tennessee. I think what Tennessee's got to do is they got to run. They got to yeah. try to get those big guys tired. They can't let those big guys get set up under the basket. You just got to let it, you got to run. And we'll see what happens, but boy, that's a tough one
3: mm-hmm. uh
2: with that matchup because don't forget on the u- other side of the bracket, you got number 1 Purdue sitting there with probably the best a lottery pick center mm-hmm. playing for the Boilermakers. So that's going to be a, another tough matchup. I think Duke is playing, I think they're starting five
0: and it's just our four freshmen mm-hmm. on there wow. and maybe a junior. Yeah.
2: This could be very – if mm-hmm. if they can keep them all together. But they're the hottest team in the country right they are. now. Too. Yeah, they've been playing real well
1: mm-hmm. lately. A lot uh, of people have put them up there as a potential
2: winner yep. so, overall. Number two, Texas held serve against Colgate. And then Penn State, the Nittany Lions, knocked off the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, they did a, it pretty handily, 76, too, I believe. 76-59, wasn't even close. Wow. Uh Auburn uh handled Iowa. It was it was a close matchup, but they pulled away at the end, so Auburn advances. I think that was an eight versus a nine matchup. It was Bruce Pearl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pearl. Pitt, uh you know uh, Penn State, Texas mm-hmm. were like a ten versus a seven. Ten seven. Uh and then Houston, obviously, number one seed that they handled business against uh um uh northern, northern Kentucky. Iowa? Northern Kentucky. Northern northern, 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 Kentucky. Northern, northern, Kentucky. Kentucky. northern Kentucky. Uh and then uh number seven Northwestern uh, held off Boise State. Number two, UCLA took care of business. No problems there. Uh, eight, Arkansas. They held on. Number one, Kansas. So the bracket held true right there. So it's a lot. And then there's basketball games on today. Oh yeah. But, yep. but the one that we'll all be watching uh, tomorrow is that uh, Duke-Tennessee game. Uh, if they get past that into the Sweet 16, uh, you got a shot because uh, you still got that looming matchup with Purdue coming.
1: Yeah, I believe we'll have the broadcast starting at I think one o'clock tomorrow on 103. Uh, the game kicked off at uh, 1.40, so I believe it's uh, 1 o'clock, we'll probably have the pregame, and then we'll also have Alabama tomorrow night on mm-hmm. this station 101, probably starting at 8 because they're an 8.40 tip-off mm-hmm. as well.
2: So what could be interesting is, we could see our Tennessee teams playing back-to-back. Uh, Purdue should, take, biz- should mm-hmm. t- t- take care of business today, and then Memphis hopefully will take biz- care of business against Florida Atlantic. That would mean on Sunday you'd have a Purdue-Memphis matchup and if Memphis advances, and Tennessee takes care of Duke in the Elite Eight, you could have a Memphis-Tennessee matchup.
1: could oh, three three Tennessee teams right there.
2: Awesome, fantastic. So, yeah, Penny Hardaway wouldn't like that too much. I don't believe. Well, I mean, I don't think we'll get any productivity on Sunday. No, uh, in, in the state of Tennessee, if that happens. Yeah. True. So, uh, and then uh, uh, the college spring football is going on right now. Most of them are on spring breaks. But uh, you know they'll finish up around the end of April, and then uh, we'll be in the dead se- the, the, the dead period uh, yes. period again, and that's when all the football camps take place for all the juniors and freshmen and sophomores, and then we're not that far away from fall practice starting. You
1: no, know, and we do got the uh, the almost NCAA bowl, the NIT, NIT, and uh, Vanderbilt won, so they play Michigan next,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who has that huge center yeah. that we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's still, still a lot of good basketball, and everything's going on right now. I thought it was
0: real interesting that the University of North Carolina did not make the NCAA mm-hmm. and then refused right. to play in NIT. I guess they just had a little – they had a, uh ACC hissy fit and, uh, mm-hmm. and decided they wouldn't play. I don't know how he thinks that does them any good if you're not – if you're not playing well enough right. to make the field of 64 in NCAA, it seems to me like you need to play even more yeah. to kind of get more practices
2: in and kind of help your yeah, team out. That was kind of strange turning that down there because mm-hmm. there, I mean there's money involved in it also for for the program, but anytime you can get your players exposure, to, to, well if you can get your players to continue to play mm-hmm. in that competitive environment, it gives them more experience for the following year That's right. and plus. You know, let's face it, it's not the NCA tournament, it's the NIT. You could go deeper into your bench to get some some kids some playing time that you can see, hey, how do they handle this? Yeah. You know, c- can they handle the big time right now? I mean, it's North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a blue blood, you know, oh, uh, yeah. uh, program. But, uh, you know, they've kind of fallen off a little bit here with the hard times. I mean, they're yeah. not as dominant as they used to be.
1: Well, and you got recruits uh, looking at coming to colleges, and they're looking at, okay, if I go here, they're not even going to let us play, you know. And that, yeah, it's a, it's a, just a bad look.
2: Well, I think a oh, lot of it no. has to do with the, the parody of the programs right now. Mm-hmm. Is the kids are how much are you going to pay me to come?
1: That, that's right.
2: <laughs> that's the truth. Well, sure it is. Maybe I mean, they ran got, out you, of money. I don't know. You've also brought up uh, an, another kind
0: of aspect of uh, college basketball this year. I cannot recall a year. In recent memory, anyway, where there has been this
2: much parity mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah, I think you're looking at this year that you know the the top twenty could all win the national championship. That's let, right. Let alone, i ag- agree with I mean, you let completely. alone the one that gets hot. Like remember the old St. Mary's with oh, yeah. whoever her, the sister was, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you get a team that gets hot, and they start believing in themselves. You you can you can have some mm-hmm. some last second shots that make some people. Very unhappy. Well, kind of the running joke during the season was if you wanted to get beat, just
0: uh, let the AP poll
2: rank you somewhere in the top five, and and you'd be beat. And you'd be beat. (laughs) beat. But I think that just that's it's healthy. Yeah, Um, I think it's healthy. I I don't think it's healthy when you have a dominant one or two programs. It's not healthy for the sport. Um, You know, I think we're starting to see, aside from the Georgia right, and Mm. which is kind of funny, the Alabama football having an off year. Losing two games, right, an off year. Way wow. um, You know, I, we may start to see some more parity in college football to where you may start to see some different names start cracking the top 20. I know Troy University, who was 13-1 uh, and one last year. They're going to they're gonna start the preseason poll probably in the top 15. It's, it's cool. Well, yeah. they've
0: been a giant killer over the last two or three years anyway. Right. They beat LSU last,
2: not this yep. past season, but the yep. season before. The Appalachian States of the world, yeah, the James Madisons of the world.
1: Liberty another one. Liberty,
2: the, the Western Kentuckys of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're going to be taking a visit with my boy to uh, Arkansas State Yeah, with uh, Butch Jones. Uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, right? Kind of <laughs> off the map a little bit.
1: And they didn't name it for him. Right.
2: But, but their facility <laughs> out there is incredible. Yeah, they sunk like a hundred and thirty, hundred and forty million into it, wow. and the locker rooms and stuff look like your big major college locker rooms. Yeah, I mean they spared no expenses. So you know it's Sun Belt Conference. That's the Appalachian State, the James mm-hmm. Madison, the Coastal Carolinas, right? The ones that give the big guys headaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you schedule them and you kind of take a deep breath as a head coach is here's my first game against Coastal Carolina. Okay, boy, be ready to play. Well,
0: yeah, but here's the interesting thing about all that, too. Now, uh, SEC in particular will be going to a nine-game schedule at one time. And I think one thing, and it's it's funny because I really wouldn't even bring this up except it's already been mentioned on two separate occasions uh, on the news where uh, supposedly the schedule is going to involve having three permanent opponents and six rotating opponents. And Saban is griping about having Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU as his permanent opponents. I
2: would be, too. <laughs> well, he might be, but... but I'm sure you're... he'd like to have Arkansas and... Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt <laughs> and Missouri. Well, but the thing about it is, is that the way they've got
0: it going is that... And I, and I like the way they're going to do this because I agree with them on it. You're going to play everybody in the, um, in the conference at least every two years. Yeah. And we've had a drought on uh, for a long time, like five and six years on the rotating schedule that we've right. got now. The, and so it's not like you're going to completely avoid them or try to. But okay. the other, here's the other fallacy to that, Scott. Guess who Alabama plays every year right now anyway? Those three. Those three. Yeah. Tennessee, mm-hmm. Auburn, and LSU. The thing, the, the, the,
2: I think what they're going to have to do and the Big Ten is, is, is talking about doing this, is going to an 11-game schedule of conference opponents. Ooh. 11-game conference opponents, and then one at large that must be from the Power Five. Wow. So, and just, just get rid of the cupcakes. Just, yeah. just get rid of the cupcakes. Because, you know, you're adding uh, UCLA and USC. There's rumors that uh, Stanford and probably Washington will come on board in the Big Ten. So you, you're, you're still not going to play probably four or five teams a year. So you've got to figure out how to do that. But for the fans, right, like Alabama. Alabama will play their schedule, and then every year before they play Auburn, they play a cupcake, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fans are still paying for the same price to go see that game that Alabama's going to be playing most of their backups in, in the second half. Yeah. Whereas, if it wasn't a cupcake, let's say you replace a directional Alabama or Louisiana school with a Texas, right? You add more big competition, so that if you do run the table in the SEC on an eleven-game schedule, plus you're playing maybe a team, one team from the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big Twelve, the ACC, right, as mm-hmm. your warm-up game. Well, you run the table, then you deserve to be number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same in the Big Ten. Their theory is, if we run an eleven game schedule in the Big Ten and one at large that has to be from a Power Five, and we're undefeated, we're number one. There's mm-hmm. there's, there's no arguing with it because you you're playing your conference. Yeah, but you know, on a schedule like that, tough. There ain't no undefeated. It's tough. And you know what? <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Tough. I would much rather see good football. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see you know like like when Tennessee plays a team and they beat them, they hang seventy on them, right. It's great to go to that game, but did you see a game? You saw a scrimmage is what you saw.
1: Yeah, exactly right. But I'd
2: much rather go and see – I guarantee the people in Tennessee, if, and no, no disrespect, but if they had a chance to go see Tennessee play Coastal Carolina or see Tennessee play USC or UCLA, guess what? They're going to pick oh, a yeah. big one. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. what they, want. they want to see their team. How good is our team? Yeah. and And I think that's where we're headed to is the Power Five – We'll probably we'll probably eventually go to that where they're just playing each other all the time, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Well,
0: folks, I tell you what, we're, we have reached up uh, up against the break, and we're going to take one. We're going to pay a few bills, and we'll be right back with inside Middle Tennessee.
3: Caledonian Financial is a full-service financial planning firm. What we mean by that is we work with young clients, assisting budgeting and Ross, young families with college planning, life and disability insurance, older clients as they bring in 401k rollovers, seek advice with estate and tax planning, and finally with elderly clients when it comes to the distribution phase of their retirement and long-term care options. This is Marianne Stevik with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia.
0: Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC.
1: This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia.
3: 3,
0: 2, one.
3: This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM.
0: And welcome back to Inside Middle Tennessee. We're pleased to report that our... Uh, resident tornado uh, <laughs> Sheila Hickman decided to blow in. Well, I and was we're glad to see her.
3: I was had, just sitting there, and all at once, Sarah Elizabeth said, "Do you can you go to the radio?" I said, "Well, I'll be late, but I'll get there."
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, and I said, "Sarah Elizabeth is, is dealing with a medical issue with her daughter right now." Yes, and we hope everything's going to turn out. We know it will be. Well, Ellie Grace
3: okay. comes. Ellie Grace comes first at our house. It doesn't matter about the rest of us. She comes first. <laughs> well. <laughs> (laughs) Well, that's
0: true with all our children and grandchildren. We're we're
3: just uh, extra baggage there. And we come come in handy for uh, cleaning, washing. One day this week, I cleaned um, five pairs of her tennis shoes. I scrubbed five pairs of tennis shoes. So when I start doing my resume... How old is she now?
0: Eight. Is there enough? Is there enough soap to clean a eight year old's tennis? I have shoes, male that, or female.
3: Oh well, I tried everything. I even got the tile and grout cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I, tried, I have tried every. I've tried vinegar and soda. I've tried everything. But I believe I could make my fortune if I could figure out the supreme cleaner for children's tennis shoes. I've tried toothpaste. You make, you make I've, tried, I've tried anything you can think of. I have tried
2: it. You know, you might get rich enough to retire. Have, have, uh, you, have you tried the ingredients spelled N-E-W? There you go. <laughs> As in new ones?
3: <laughs> well, we've got some new ones that we're saving for spring. <laughs> and by now, that, she's put a lot of miles on those little shoes. So I, the ones I could get sparkling clean now are just a little bit more tarnished than they were to begin with. So
0: Well I tell you what, we we need to acknowledge here and and I'm glad she's sitting close to the microphone so everybody can see it, but but Sheila is wearing the prettiest Saint Paddy's Day green sweater. Thank you. And so she And I
3: have a scarf that matches and I bet this scarf is older than y'all are.
0: Ain't
2: older than me. So (laughs) (laughs) and
0: it wouldn't be me either. So Yeah I was
3: gonna say come think of it.
2: (laughs) Maybe Scott Here's who you remind me of You ready for this? Yes John Wayne Yes. And Maureen O'Hara yeah, you know. and The Quiet Man. That, you know, <laughs> there that, you go. That,
3: is, that story used to be in the sophomore literature book. It's a great, great story. It is a great story and an even better movie. Sometimes the story is better than the movie. Most but of I the time that, the book and story is better yeah, than the movie. But, but yeah. this
2: one, I don't know, man. Maureen O'Hara. She
3: is so good. She
2: plays it perfectly she with John Wayne. She is so good. If you, if you want a nice movie to watch, yeah. go get John Wayne, Maureen O'Hara, and The Quiet Man.
3: Yeah. Did she
0: get that red hair going in there?
2: She yeah, did. She
3: yeah, did. she's got a fiery Irish temper. <laughs> well, most everybody around here are, are the old-timers around here. We are descended from the Scot irish Sometimes they say Scotch-Irish. I'm not sure which one is uh, the most fashionable at this time. Oh, there's a
0: Ross County in Scotland.
3: Yeah, and if you, most of us, if you I, look I think at, the
2: Scotch-Irish refers to the, the drink.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that they were drinking. They, they have been known to imbibe, I think, but the uh, but most of us whose families have been here any length of time came from North Carolina. Uh, came from Ireland to North Carolina and just drifted on over this way. And that's true for most. If you work on your family tree, you'll find out that's where most of our forebears came from. And we're lucky enough that they stayed here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mine came through Charleston.
3: Yeah. And then, some, of course, after the war, a great many of them went out west. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that's why you'll find the same names in. Texas, that you find around here, the same last names because everybody from Texas came from Tennessee to begin with. So Mm -hmm. I figure we've all got kin folks out there, we just hadn't met them yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to talk about St. Patrick's Day since that seems to be the most pressing issue this day for all of us to have some fun. (laughs) We have such a somber climate here lately and we see so many frustrating things in the news that it's very maybe, Irish
0: outside right now. Yes, yes it is yes it very,
3: is. very much. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about Saint Patrick's Day. For it's been celebrated on March the seventeenth for more than a thousand years. And wow. once again we wow. are we are reminded that old to us is not old to the rest of the world. Our country mm-hmm. is just a baby. Wow a thousand wow, wow. years and the tale is that that, that he uh Ran all of the snakes out of Ireland, but I believe the truth of the matter is they were no snakes in Ireland, so that was an easy task for him to put think, on his resume.
1: And I think I know where they went. Never mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell Scott they went to the federal level.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, snakes. not
0: the state, Scott. The federal level.
3: Snakes have had a bad rap ever since the Garden there of Eden. Go. And the Bible does not say snake; it says I'm Glad I'm serpent. a little more
0: than arm's length away from Scott. He's a big guy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and we know that that uh, he's the patron saint of Ireland, and it has become a big deal for Irish culture, whether you're Irish or not. Uh, that when You see those buttons that say, kiss me, I'm Irish, you know that's not necessarily true. But green is the color we think of Ireland as being very green, looking somewhat like Middle Tennessee. And we have many legends connected with St. Patrick's Day, like the leprechauns and the shamrocks. And really, we think that St. Patrick was a real person and that he brought Christianity to Ireland. And we don't realize that before Christianity made it that far away from the Holy Lands up to that part of the world, that those folks were... uh, the Celts and the Britons, they were mm-hmm. and they were just savage uh, people, <laughs> and probably in their own way. They had a real nice civilization, but we think of them as wild people. So I imagine St. Patrick had his job cut out
0: for him. It was all real tribal back then. Yes, they back. were.
3: Well, we know that the Angles and the Saxons battled for England. They came that, from
0: the Gauls, didn't That's it?
3: right. And then the Angles won. So that's and the why Gauls
0: were a mean bunch. Yes, they Came were. Came through Germany, I think. Yes,
3: that's the ones you can see in the movies where they all look like that man who stormed the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs>
2: with the horns? Yeah, the one
3: with the horns and the goatskins. The Vikings? Skin. Yeah, the goat skins wrapped around him. He'll remain forever in our memory, won't he? But St. Patrick liked the Celtic symbols. Now, we find often in these cases when the when Christianity comes in, people don't always forsake the pagan part that some of it will leak into the christian part
0: yeah it's called christmas
3: <laughs> among <laughs> other things so one of the things they believed in was of course the leprechaun and um the idea that there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and so the idea that he could the one way that he could move this mindset from all this folkloreish kind of thing was that he chose the clover. And the clover has three petals or three leaves to represent the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. And so that was one way to kind of move that into uh, people's mindsets. But the, the whole idea of being able to um, convert a whole nation is pretty much um, hard to believe. It's celebrated now. St. Patrick's Day is in 200 countries. Of course, it's a national holiday in Ireland and Northern Ireland and in Newfoundland and in Labrador because they, too, have Irish roots. And the British Overseas Territory of Montserrat, Hmm. all of those people have folks of Irish descent. The Chicago River is dyed green using food color. They made that clear on the news this morning. It is not some pollutant, but it is food (laughs) color, and it takes 40 pounds to do that, and it stays green only for a few hours. But imagine how that must look. At one time, they used 100 pounds of dye, and it lasted a week. Mm -hmm. I suppose the price of dye went up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Up there. Yeah. Saint Patrick's Day is also celebrated in Canada, Australia, New Zealand and so on. Here are seven facts about Saint Pat- Saint Patrick that nobody knows. I'm reading right from the whoever this oh, is. Oh no, wait a minute, we know. We <laughs> will Saint Patrick was born in Britain. In the 4th century. Now, it's hard for us to think back about the 4th century. We can think back as far as the 20th century and the 19th century and the 18th century. And then you get all back there, and, and they don't even have, they just have three digits. <laughs> well,
0: I'm mean, going th- we'll sit here and say, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, the year 300 and something. That's 300 years close to Christ. Yeah. That's That's getting pretty close. Yeah. You know?
3: At age 16, he was kidnapped by Irish raiders, and they sold him as a slave. Mm. He he escaped, went back to Britain, and he took refuge in a monastery. And the monasteries in Britain at one time were a very stronghold of property and money But Henry VIII took care of that. That's another story. But he did become a priest and traveled across Europe studying Christianity for 16 years. Then he decided the thing for him to do was go back to his native land. So he went back to help the folks in Ireland. St. Patrick's true color was blue, not green. Everything Irish now is considered green, but the the notion that we have, or the, the uh, stained glass windows that we have, picture him in blue, what we would now call an azure blue, or St. Patrick's blue. Green became popular <clears throat> when the English rule grew, and the Irish independence movement started using the shamrock, and we know the Irish still have strong feelings about their ties with Great Britain. So today, azure blue, or St. Patrick's blue, remains Ireland's official color. His real name was not Patrick. His name was Maewyn Succat, and he was born in Roman Britain.
0: Now, would you repeat that again?
3: Well, Maewyn, M-A-E-W-I-N Sukkot, S-U-C-C-A-T.
2: Hence the word Patrick. Um, <laughs> yeah and he was
3: born in Roman Britain. remember that the that the Roman Empire extended all the way into Great Britain,
0: yeah
3: so that that if you look at a map of the Roman Empire, it's amazing that those primitive we think people could stretch their power that far mm-hmm. and control that much of the world, but they did, and with with nothing like the modern things that we think of that you'd have to have to have control of something. His father was a deacon. His grandfather was a priest. He was not a religious child, but Patrick was the name he took upon becoming a priest. uh, I've already mentioned he drove the snakes out of Ireland, but we've decided they didn't have one. Uh, And then the scientists say that it never had any snakes, but it could be metaphorical that in banishing the snakes... He brought Christianity. Now, remember, the snakes had a very poor image ever since the Garden of Eden, although the scriptures do not say snake. They say serpent. serpent. And you can go back and check that if you're not sure. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day was originally a religious holiday.
2: It's in numbers, right?
3: Yeah. Ni- and <laughs> In 1903, <laughs> The Irish law declared St. Patrick's Day as a day of religious observance, and in Ireland until the 70s, the pubs were closed on St. Patrick's Day. What? Then in 1995, they decided, well, maybe they ought to do not do that. So they have a happy day over there, drinking, feasting, parades, and they dress up as leprechauns. I don't think we've ever had a St. Patrick's Day parade in Columbia. That would be something for the Chamber of Commerce. If you're listening, Kerr Williams, that'll be something for you to work on.
0: It's too close to Mule Day.
3: Yeah, I guess it is. Jack Cobb
1: would make a great leprechaun.
3: Yeah, he would. Jack Cobb, we have tapped you to be the official Murray County leprechaun.
2: Maybe we can get Notre Dame to come down and march in the parade, too. you know, I have seen them
3: march. Have you ever seen them march? Yes. Oh! We took the band to the Orange Bowl in something or other and and part of the squirrel part of the deal oh, yeah. there was we got to watch the parade, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame played somebody or other. I don't ever go to see the game, I go to see the band, and that to see that band march. Oh, my goodness. Mm. And, they, and the
2: leaders all dressed in their kilts yes, and their big hats. Yes, they've
3: got the whole regalia on. It was just wonderful.
2: Folks, y'all have just witnessed another
0: inside Middle Tennessee tangent that we go <laughs> off on. Well, it's no <laughs> fun
3: if you don't relate it to what you have. That's, why, that's right. That's why I could teach school so well, because I could think of 40 dozen things that weren't with the lesson, but that sort of went along with it and kept yeah, their Yeah, you and Paige. Yeah, I could do that. The first... St. Patrick's Day Parade was in 1737 in Boston. And they had one in that same era, 1762, in New York. And it became a source of pride because so many of our forebears came here, came to America because the famine was great in Britain. The potato famine had hit... And when they launched this Saint Patrick's Day festivities, that gave the Irish something to celebrate.
0: Yeah. Well, anything I, we, we're up against the break, but you oh, got you got some more, another important one. You want to? Call well, nobody
3: of, knows where Saint Patrick is buried. In that saint. That's no, it's probably pretty good. Well, that yes, they, I think there Some folks think he's buried at Glastonbury Abbey in England. But I bet he's not buried in England. He was too closely tied to Ireland. Yeah, probably. So that is the uh, ins and outs of St. Patrick with a little extra stuff thrown in for good measure.
0: Sheila, thank you. I want everybody to know that we literally told Sheila we want to talk about St. Patty about 30 seconds before she started. (laughs) And and we just got a... uh, we just got a, a college course uh, one hundred and one on it, so I appreciate that. <laughs> You're quite I tell you what, folks, we're we're up against the break, and we're going to take a few minutes to pay a few bills. We'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. I don't know about you, but I just love doing business with small businesses. You feel appreciated when you walk in, and they know your name. At Caledonian Financial, we try very hard to appreciate our clients. We value everyone and we reject the idea that you're not worthy of advice if you don't have a certain amount of money. We love our neighbors, all of them. This is Monty Sneed with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC.
1: Are you betting on the SEC tournament in Nashville? Today at Action 24-7, use code MARCH to get a 300% deposit match up to $20 on your first deposit. Action 24-7 is Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sports book. Download the app or visit Action 24-7. 7.com to start winning. Please bet
2: responsible. Here we go. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And here we go, folks, with Inside Middle Tennessee. And uh, as usual, the break was a source of constant <laughs> entertainment.
3: You never know what wonderful. Well, yeah, We
0: never know where we're going to go during, I, I was during break. Where,
3: where was I? Oh, I know. I was at church the other night, and, and something came up about our little church at Beach Grove, oh, about how generous we had been. And I said, you know, during the Civil War, this congregation sent carloads of corn to Atlanta after Sherman went through there.
0: Well, I do remember that Bob Duncan has always said that during the Civil War, Columbia was larger than Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Which which I don't quite understand. That. Well,
3: they had this comings and goings and some folks sometimes the Yankees were here for a long time.
0: I got it. Well, we're talking about being uh, being <laughs> generous. We got to be generous to to Scott because I think there's been just one or two little bitty issues that are kind of going on in the state. Mm-hmm. There's really not much going on no, up there. Oh but, no,
3: they're just sitting there looking at the clock. That's right. So <laughs> we
0: just got to, you know. So we're going to let Scott take his twenty seconds and tell everything that's going on up there. <laughs>
2: not,
3: with, not more than twenty. Well, state.
2: This is another big week for Murray County. Um, the uh, Duck River bill that we thought was not going to be a big bill. I mean, it was basically saying, "Hey, we believe that the Duck River should be designated a Class 2 scenic waterway to protect it." And this thing has blown up to where it is extremely controversial right now, and all kinds of side antidotes and side questions in. side coming, issues. Side issues are coming in that have nothing to do with the bill. And so we our focus is to get people back on the bill of does the Duck River merit being protected? As a Class Two Scenic Waterway. That's it. That's the question at hand. Everything else is noise. Yeah, that's the facts. Because everything we do up there, I mean, we, we'll pass seven, eight, nine hundred bills this year, and every one could be constitutionally challenged. Every one can be litigated. That's the that is for the judicial branch to handle.
3: That's mm-hmm. the way our government right. works.
2: Our job is to look at the merits of the language of a bill, and do you agree with it or do you not? So have we presented a case that the Duck River needs to be protected in perpetuity? And the answer is unequivocally, because nobody's argued against it, yes. So then vote yes on the bill. We'll move this forward. The Senate is kind of scratching their heads right now because they passed this bill on Monday on on the Senate floor on consent calendar. No discussion. And they can't figure out what we're arguing about. Oh they're, no! They're not scratching their heads. They're sitting there with a sigh of relief that they've already <laughs> they dealt with. It. They So this bill, <laughs> this bill has become now national news. Uh, we've been we've been taking phone calls in our office from national news outlets. Good. They will be there. I mean, this is this is quite possibly the biggest bill. Which means we need another turnout. We need another turnout. Nine o'clock, nine a.m. Wednesday. A, a Wednesday at nine a.m. But I'll tell you this: you got to get there early because the chairman, at his discretion can make people leave who can't find a seat. And when we when I asked the chairman to allow me to recognize the people that are here in support of this, everybody's hands went up but three people and the other, and the three who didn't raise their hands are the ones that are opposing this with the landfill. We're so, lawyers. So th- so <laughs> this is this is the classic battle, right? Yes. This the is the people. classic battle of the people against corporations. The power of the people. And so the people are showing up. They did it during the uh during the income tax issues. Yes. And now they're showing up. And here's the thing, it just affects Murray County. This bill just affects Murray County. It's yeah, also, but now, it's got further ramifications. Yeah, because yeah. of everybody downstream from us. Yeah. Yes. So if we do it to protect the Duck River, then next could be Hickman County, Humphreys County, to make sure we're protecting one of the best rivers in the world. Right? And so that's the argument. Nine nine a.m. folks get there early. It will be extremely crowded, with the TV cameras there. It'll draw even more attention from news media. Um, so get up there. And here's the thing: be polite to everybody. Oh yes. Be polite to the to, to the legislators up there. Um, we're working very hard up there every day. I had I had six or seven more conversations on the House floor. Uh, Kara Huckabee was up there with with uh, the Murray leadership, and they were trying to find me on the House floor because they couldn't figure out where I was sitting and it was because I was bouncing from <laughs> legislator to <laughs> legislator working a bill, right? Yeah. Because you, you got everybody there. And so uh, we're working extremely hard. We are hoping that bill will be voted on, m- on Wednesday. It will be voted on Wednesday. If it passes, I believe it'll go to the House floor, it'll pass, and that'll be it. So we got to get it out of that committee. The other bill that's in there for Murray County is this taxpayer parity bill. It is struggling hard right oh. now. The builders and realtors are, are
3: fighting. working
2: hard against it. And the problem is a lot of the legislators on this committee from East Tennessee receive a lot or almost all of their donations from builders and realtors. And so they're getting a lot of pressure from back home. Big lobbies. Yes, to not vote for this bill. It, We think we have the vote, and then 10 minutes later we don't have the vote. And then 10 minutes later we do have the vote. It's been that crazy. The problem is... There's only eight members. Yeah. we got to have all five to pass it. we got to have five votes to pass it. We know we have three no's. Mm-hmm. Three no's. That means I have to get all of the other legislators. If I lose one, it ties 4-4 four, four, and the bill dies. Oh. I, we've got to get all the other five. And that's just to get it out of the subcommittee. We will be fighting this battle again in the full committee again, and then fighting this battle again on the House floor. The Senate hasn't moved yet. So we're, we're trying to figure out how to get it out of sub, so then therefore Joey can, can run it in the Senate and see if he can get it through the Senate. If he gets it through the Senate, then we come back to the House and see if we can get it through the full committee. This is a, a big battle. There are a couple other bills that are running out there that are very interesting that are kind of in the same kind of thing here, one of them is House Bill Twenty-Eight by William Lamberth. What it says is it does away with all of the city's urban growth boundaries. Strips them all away. Well, whatever the, whatever the cities are right now, that's what they are. And if they want to annex, they have to get the approval of the county. Hmm. So that puts the that. county back in charge of growth. Mm-hmm. Also, there is the option to start uh, for the county commission to issue a, a moratorium on building permits.
3: Well. I can see why that would be valuable to us. So, <laughs>
2: you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta gain some leverage to get people to the de- bargaining table, and maybe with those with that bill passing, and maybe some counties taking up. Now, you can't do it permanently because that that is property rights. You know, you can't you have to let people be able to do things that are that they're zoned for. But the Supreme Court has ruled that municipalities, cities, and counties they can pass short term moratoriums. Yeah. So, um, you know. The, This is a very serious thing that we're trying to face, and we're defined short term. uh, It could be 180 days, okay, but then they would have to come back and and vote to extend it for another 180 days, yeah, and then vote to come back and extend it for another 180 days. So it's not permanent, but yeah.
3: Well, it would slow things down a bit, and
2: and what it'll do is it'll give us a chance to catch up, especially if the county has the ability to say no to annexation. That gives us a chance to catch up, right? Yeah. Um, and it may we may have to it may take ten years to catch up, but we're doing quite well as a county. Yeah. Quite well financially. So a um, lot, lot of things going on. Um, you probably heard on, on the radio broadcast here before we started about the retention bill. Um, I'm going to shift it away because it's not about retention; it's about intervention.
3: I yep. think they, they I think they probably could have sold it better if they'd used that intervention.
2: word. So I'm going to switch it to intervention bill. But uh, the, the uh, Chairman White and the other chairman uh, from the Senate, Lumberg, asked me to carry this bill in the Senate to be able to explain what it does and argue it through. Um, we got it passed unanimously in, in the subcommittee. There was a couple of questions on it, but I worked through them. And then it will go to the full committee this week and then onto the House floor so we will be able to – Come up with some common sense things about dealing with the retention of students and making sure they get the proper interventions to move forward because it's all about making sure that these kids are on grade level as they move through the system which now a teacher who gets a classroom full of kids that are on grade level now they can push them
3: oh yes and it would be wonderful uh
2: the bill that i have on uh, first grade retention that bill is up this week, uh, this, this coming week also. And the bill I have on identifying uh, in our new standards as they go forward, foundational and advanced, that bill will be uh, be up there too. Um, we've got a bunch of other bills. I think this week uh, we have nine bills up this week. So <laughs> is it'll, that all? it'll be a you don't have
3: much to do. Week. It'll be
2: a busy week. No. <laughs> um, and then just doing the normal business. I think uh, subcommittees are closing everywhere. I think most of our subcommittees will be closed by the end of March. Uh, and then it's just whatever's in the full committees you're finishing up. Uh, but we still, we're still we still looking at probably end of April to adjourn, mm-hmm. end of April to adjourn, if so, everything goes smooth.
3: So you've got a lot to do in a short so time we got, to get we it done. We've got
2: a lot, lot, lot to do. Uh, but please, so uh, both those bills concerning Murray County are back-to-back. Um, the first one starts at 9 o'clock. The second one starts at 10.30. And basically right across the hallway. And so, uh, and there were so many people up there from Murray County, I'm going to apologize because I wanted to hang around and talk to you after that bill, the first bill, but I had to go to another committee to present, and then I had to run down the hallway to finance and present another bill at the same time. So I just... It is what you were elected to do, yes. right? And, and, and <laughs> just, I just—I got to go. I mean, I got to yeah. present. And well, so, I
3: think most folks realize that.
2: But the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the, uh, the the classroom materials stipend, yeah, uh, that did go behind the budget and finance. But but this was the first time that finance has ever said, Representative, you'll probably be back here because I think everybody knows that this bill has to be funded. So we will make sure our teachers get their uh, get their classroom materials uh, stipend. Uh, and then the bill on short term credentials, we are hoping the governor will fund that. that'll be in that'll be in uh, govOps next week. Um, and then uh, I've got a bill in insurance rearranging how we do our uh, 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 medical care organizations, managed care organizations like Blue Cross Blue Shield. yeah, trying to get more competition in that marketplace for the providers and funnel more money down to our providers so those that take ten care. Even though they're not going to get the same as, like, uh, customer pay ones, like retail, they're not going to be taken as bad of of a loss anymore. Therefore, we can have, hopefully, Murray County that's contracting right now, pulling out of Wayne County, that we can get them more money where they can start to expand back into more rural communities. Gotcha. It's just, and then the budget, and then everything else that pops up. Is that all? That's it. (laughs) That's it. Easy peasy, <laughs> just another day in paradise. Yeah. But uh, but once again, thank you for everybody who came up there. It made a difference. You were the talk of the general assembly on Wednesday, um, and we need to do it again, Murray County. This is it. It's got we got to win this battle on Wednesday because if we do, I believe we're okay uh, the rest of the way.
3: Good. Well, I, you know, it's, if you have the television service as I do, you can watch it on television, and it's really neat to look there and see the folks that you know on television. And the one thing that impresses me the most about those hearings is the the civility and the good manners. And the decorum that is maintained with mm-hmm. yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and may I speak, and mm-hmm. may i like to yield my time. It is just a good lesson to watch to see that you can mm-hmm. conduct business without losing your good mm-hmm. manners.
2: The challenge would be is all of our, our schools, our high schools, especially in Murray County, I would challenge them to tune in at 9 a.m. And watch this. Because Tell them uh, where and how? Well, you go to the TN General Assembly website. You click on Videos, House, because we're in the house. And then you look at 9 o'clock for Agricultural and Natural Resources Subcommittee. And at, at 9 o'clock, it, it'll be a box that'll pop up that says View Event. That means it's gone live and you
3: can watch it. Oh, that would be a wonderful lesson. And you could do that with any subject. Any subject. Yeah. This is
2: how it works. And so you're getting a civics lesson, you're getting a government's lesson on how government works, you're getting about how you debate, how you argue a point, uh, manners, decorum. I mean, it is exactly how they drew our country up with a constitution, exactly how it's supposed to work. And the question is, will the people prevail? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Oh, yes, we will prevail.